Welcome to this week's edition of the Pete Mazzetti Show. I'm your host, Pete Mazzetti. My guest this evening is Bob Rader, who's the executive director of CABE. Bob, welcome. How are you, my friend? Good. Good to see you again, Pete. Hey, Bob, how are you? Good. How are you, Peter? I'm good. I'm good, buddy. Good to see you. Good to see you, you my too. Friend. It's been a while. Unfortunately, we're doing this virtually, but we would much rather be doing this in person. But because of what's going on with the pandemic, this is the way, this is the new normal for a while, I guess. Sure is. I hope uh, today was the day actually that uh, the inoculations start being distributed. So let's hope that uh, it won't take too long before people in Connecticut feel much more safe. Uh, and that the, they uh, they take the inoculations as expected. Okay, okay. So, Bob, what what's go- how are the school districts handling with the pandemic and what's going on? Well, it's been very difficult for them. Uh, obviously, as our positivity rate has climbed up again right. to about six or even seven. Uh, that's an indication that things are not great in the communities. On the other hand, the school districts have done a great job. We still have no evidence that uh, children spread the disease. And uh, that's very good for, for us. I mean, it's very hard for parents, especially two income parents who are either at work or at home, uh, to, to work with their kids uh, because of the, um, because they have to get their own work done. Right. So we're very, we're very uh, glad when we can have school districts that, that are able to stay open, especially for the, the uh, smaller kids, K to, K to six or so. Um, but it's been a very tough time. Uh, we know that there are concerns about whether we should stay open or whether we should close. I think those discussions are had in every community in Connecticut. Right. And uh, I do know that superintendents and boards of education are looking at the science and the facts to try to make the best decisions based on the health and safety of not only the children in the schools, but certainly the staff and community members who might be in the schools. Absolutely. Absolutely. And Bob, tell me a little bit about with what's going on with CAVE and your members and how it's, how especially they're acclimating to what's going on during the COVID. Well, our members, uh, both board members and superintendents have done a really good job there. It has been a very hard, very stressful time, uh, but they seem to be pulling together very well. Uh, we know that this has been especially hard on superintendents since they were asked to make the decisions and keep making the decisions on whether we're hybrid or in-person or uh, remote. Certainly parents can also decide to, to, uh, to keep their children remote, but it's right. been very hard. You know, over the summer is usually when we all get time to recharge, get ready for a new year at school. Mm-hmm. And this, uh, this summer, there did, wasn't a lot of that uh, for superintendents in particular. So I always mention how thankful we are that they're doing uh, the best they can do under extreme circumstances. And I hope they're, they're getting to um, 
relax a little and perhaps they'll be able to do that over the uh, holiday vacations coming up. Board members also are, are pulled in a lot of directions because their communities are sort of pulling in different directions. There are always those out there who want to uh, go to full remote. There are also those who are working on other um, ways of handling things. Uh, school boards have to start working with their boards. Uh, school boards have to start working with their superintendents and their mm -hmm. staff on budget issues. Oh. And that's where they have usually, um, where they are usually at the beginning of December. Right. And we're still not sure at this point how much money will come from the federal government. We understand that there's still a lot of talk in Washington about providing more money to the states uh, and especially for the school districts and others, small businesses, et cetera. Uh, but until they make a final decision, we're still, still all in a state of, uh, of hoping for the best and preparing for the worst. Now we talked about this at the top of the show, but let's talk about it again. The current sure. state of where, of where districts are during the COVID crisis. Well, uh, the, the school districts across the state, depending on where they are, are either remote, in-person, or hybrid. And hybrid means perhaps that the uh, older children, uh, not even children anymore, they're, they're young adults, Right. Are, uh, are going into their schools um, and, and the younger children are too. But in some districts where it's hybrid, not all the children are going to school. In hybrid situation, generally, uh, it's more of the uh, older students who will stay home because it's easier on their parents. And because, uh, again, we, see no, we have seen no uh, evidence of transmission in the uh, younger children. Right. Now, as far as the, as far as the, let's talk about the equity issues during, the equity issues during the COVID. Sure. Um, well, we've all known that Connecticut for many, many decades has had issues of segregation and a lack of equity in, as far as what, what kids are getting. And we, we are very happy that the legislature has started to work on providing more funds for the school districts that are, uh, are, are less wealthy. Right. Um, and one of the things, a couple of things we really liked was the Dalio Foundation stepping forward providing many computers uh, to kids who might not otherwise have them. Um, that was done in collaboration with SDE and some of our superintendents, and that has been a very big help. But there is still, I think the, the most recent number I've seen is that 3% of the children, especially in the uh, urban districts, the less wealthy districts, are not, are not uh, being involved with the remote learning as they should. Mm -hmm. And there's going to be a loss in where they are in school uh, as opposed to the other kids. And just overall, we, we expect uh, 
numbers to go down. We've seen that with the NAEP score in particular in mathematics, where if the kids aren't getting the, the, um, the help that they need and the training that they need and the education that they need, well, of course, then in those cases, uh, they will not do as well. And we're also very worried and appreciate the work that the Yale Center for Emotional Intelligence uh, with Dr. Mark Brackett have done. They have provided a course uh, from Yale in which uh, every student, well, I should say every educator in Connecticut uh, can take. I took it. Uh, I've done a lot of work with, with uh, Dr. Brackett and the, and the Yale Center. Um, but it's also open for free for all educators, including school board members. And just the other day, I let school board members across the country know that this is available. At least their executive directors for the state associations uh, know that it's available. It's an excellent course. It's a lot to think about. Uh, but we know that kids are going back to school and even some of our, our teachers and other staff with... Um, tough social emotional issues at this point. Uh, we are asking our, our staffs to come into school uh, and do the work. We have made it, well, the State Department of Education has made it much easier for school districts to use students, particularly college students, to help out in the classroom. Uh, but it's been a very um, difficult situation for everybody. Uh, obviously, in the spring, we knew much less about COVID. Uh, right. We had no idea when there might be an inoculation. Um, we're glad to see things are moving forward. Oh, but absolutely. even for teachers, for, for um, students, this has been a very, very difficult and stressful time. So I hope they take advantage of that, that course, especially uh, educators. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, how closely do you guys work with the Department of Education and the Education Commissioner? Uh, we work very closely with Commissioner. Um, we are on the phone with him at least once a week, sometimes two, three times a week, depending on what is going on. Uh, we have a lot of faith in the State Department of Education, the State Board of Education, and obviously Commissioner Cardona to do mm -hmm. the right things and, spe and specifically to keep focused on the health and safety of our children. But we talk to them a lot. Uh, there's a lot for all those groups um, on their plates. This is a um, situation that our districts have not, uh, have not had to deal with since the last time there was a great epidemic and that was in the early 1900s. Um, and even then, some of the issues that we see now, mask wearing, uh, social distancing, et cetera, uh, have continued to be the best ways to make sure that the virus is not spread. Um, and we know every, every uh, Tuesday morning at 8 o'clock, the State Department of Health, as well as the Department of uh, Education, do a webinar okay. uh, that is now getting close to 500 people. Uh, very often they're superintendents, but also board members and others 
can get on that um, on that webinar and you hear the latest. And I must say, uh, Dr. Charlene Russell Tucker, as well as um, others from the State Department, as well as the Department of Health, uh, have really provided a lot of information, a lot of good suggestions, and it's uh, really been terrific. Um, it's kind of nice to have so many people on all hearing the same information at the same time. And we know that it's all fact-based and science-based. So that has been really helpful. Now, what have we learned during this time of the COVID? I guess we've learned a number of things. First of all, that our school districts are superb at being able to turn around from doing all in-person learning mm -hmm. uh, to, to what we had in the end of the spring, uh, which was uh, all the schools closed and only doing remote learning. Yeah. Um, our teachers have gotten much better at it. Our boards of education have had to deal with this as well, and they have gotten much better. Superintendents have done a fabulous job. It, it is a very difficult situation, and we know how hard our teachers and our principals and our superintendents and our boards are working, and uh, we just have hats off to them. They've, they've turned um, a new way of learning around for many, many of our students. Not perfect, I mentioned a few minutes ago that there, there's about 3% average across the country, uh, across the state of students that are not getting what they need. And we're still very concerned about that, but certainly the districts have done a great job trying their best in these situations. Uh, we've learned as an association, which works with school boards across the state, yeah. that uh, they are very, very interested in the analysis and the information that we provide. We've been doing, since the beginning of the epidemic, we have been doing a uh, what we call our board chair check-in and update series uh, when things were, were very difficult uh, through, um, through September, I believe. We are doing it every week. We now do it every two weeks. They are very interested in hearing the latest and what we can provide. And we've brought in a number of people, including Commissioner Cardona, uh, the head of the uh, Superintendents Association, Fran Rabinowitz. We have brought in Dr. Mark Brackett. We have brought in uh, guidance counselors as well as uh, other people who can help frame it and keep a context uh, for our board chairs in particular. And hopefully they go out and then provide information uh, to the members of the boards and their communities in their areas. We know that's going on all the time. Uh, the importance of providing good, solid, factual information uh, is very important. We try to do that uh, with our board chairs, but we also send out information uh, just about every day during the work week um, on information they may not otherwise have gotten from the State Department of Education or other sources. Uh, and we've learned how much boards really rely on us to provide networking opportunities so they can know what other uh, districts in their, com in their surrounding communities and across the state 
are doing on these very tough issues. Now, can they tell about, can they tell when they're, when, you, when your teacher, when you're logged, when you're a student, can they tell how many students are supposed to be logged into classes or? Yeah, they have a good idea of, of the students uh, in each district. Now there's great information uh, on the State Department of Education website okay. about what's happening across the state. You have to look a little for it. There is a COVID page, which provides a lot of other good information. And it just provides a context for these very uh, difficult decisions that are being made. Uh, we know that in some cases, districts have had to go remote because uh, the staff would either exposed or in some way needing to go into some kind of quarantine. But like I said before, the State Department of Education has been uh, very uh, helpful uh, to districts by providing the opportunity for college students who are uh, learning to be teachers to go into classrooms and help out, especially when the teachers are, uh, are remote. So it's been a very tough uh, few months. Hopefully things will get better as we move toward the spring. We're still dealing obviously with the effect of Thanksgiving oh, yeah. uh, and too many people getting together perhaps. Mm -hmm. uh, but hopefully, uh, We've learned our lessons, school districts have learned their lessons, teachers and school boards have all learned about how best to keep the uh, COVID positivity rate down as much as possible. I've been on the phone uh, even today with some of uh, the other states around the country and some of them will not even talk about going back to uh, fully in person uh, for, this, for this whole, uh, school year. In other words, they're talking about not even getting back until uh, the beginning of the summer, if then. And their COVID positivity rates are much higher than that in Connecticut or New York. So it's, it's still, um, we're still seeing issues across the country. And luckily, Connecticut is doing well. Absolutely. And I, and I, I actually know because my brother and I've got family out in Minnesota, and they're they're all they're all hybrid learning, and they're not in school out there. Yeah, well, uh, knowing how important it is for students to be in school, not only for learning but yes. for their social emotional health. Absolutely, uh, I'm I'm glad Connecticut is doing the best uh, we can in this situation. Absolutely. Now, who is Fran Rabinowitz? Fran Rabinowitz is the executive director of the Connecticut Association of Public School Superintendents. Good friend of ours, certainly. Uh, she was a few years ago, the Bridgeport superintendent. Okay. Um, so she comes with a wealth of experience uh, in very difficult places. She was also the Hamden superintendent, uh, as well as being at the State Department of Education uh, years ago. I was going to say, speaking of friends of ours, I actually saw a couple of friends of ours recently. Who is I that? Actually, a couple of weeks ago on my show, had Jan Peruccio on with me. Absolutely. She's a great superintendent. She's given us ideas that we've taken and run with uh, to the legislature and gotten some uh, 
some excellent uh, help from her, uh, but she's she's just a pleasure to work with. And the and the other one I had on with me a couple of weeks ago is Glenn Longarini from CIAC. He's an I like him. Glenn's a really good guy. Oh yeah. Um, put under a lot of pressure because of what has happened with sports over the last eight or nine months. But uh, he is a trooper and he represents a great uh, bunch of, um, of principals across the state. Uh, we think the world of him too. Oh, he's a great guy. How, now, how many, how many towns or school districts do you guys participate with? Um, we have as members um, probably now 153, 154 oh. out of the 169, which includes a couple of academies. Um, it's interesting to us that because we were able to provide so much information, including to people who last year were non-members, that we've actually gained about eight or 10 school districts. Uh, and we are very, very happy about that and proud that we can provide information. You know, we opened up all our services and activities uh, for all school districts uh, back in when, when COVID first came out, even for our non-members. And right. I think some of them saw the value that CAVE provides and we're delighted to have them back. Absolutely, absolutely. So what are some of the services that CAVE provides? Well, we provide a policy service, which, which uh, school districts work with, uh, school boards work with policies, just like the legislature works with laws. So we provide a policy service, we provide advocacy, uh, both in the court systems as well as uh, in the legislature and before Congress. Uh, we provide legal information, we provide lots of meetings and workshops, and we get great people to talk about uh, what school boards have to know as they uh, continue their work. We go out to the districts. Uh, sometimes it's now it's remote, but sometimes we actually go out to the district still um, and provide all kinds of field services, including uh, workshops on FOI, on working together in, uh, in goal setting. Uh, there's just a, a number of things. Plus we do a convention every year. Uh, we had to call off the one that was scheduled for um, November because yeah. of what happened, but we provided lots of extra uh, workshops on some of the things that they would have uh, dealt with. We also provide some employee relations services uh, information on what are the school districts are doing, uh, that type of thing. So we are busy with our school districts. We're providing them as much value as we can. And uh, we appreciate them being members and providing input into what we're doing so we know what they need. Now, how can people support their boards of education? Well, they can support by uh, going to their meetings, watching them uh, if it's not a live meeting, watch, uh, I mean, a uh, in-person meeting, um, and they can have an, a good idea of what they do. You know, boards are made up of uh, any kind of individual as far as uh, being helpful uh, and wanting to serve. So we have all kinds of different people on our boards, whether they're lawyers, bankers, uh, me members, uh, stay at home, uh, moms and dads, 
um, but they can always use some information from uh, members of the community because what we always say is boards help um, connect the will of the community to the education of their children. So we like to see lots of people uh, run for school boards. Uh, certainly that shows an interest in the education of our students. And certainly we have spent lots of time over the last couple of years talking about how important that connection between the community and the school boards uh, are in every community. So if you're interested, you can certainly go to our website. You'll find out a lot more about uh, possibly being on a board of education or running for a board of education. And thanks, I see you've put our, uh, our address up. Yeah, Bob, we're here from Cape Rada time. So thanks, uh, we'll see you again soon, my friend. Absolutely, stay safe, stay healthy. Pete Mazzetti, thanks, good night, and we'll see you next time. Absolutely.